Yeah, that was not dry run before. <laughs> I swear, I was just telling Karen and Diana. We have Karen and Diana here from Voyager School. Yeah. Kendra, Ming. Um, I was just saying to them how like we like to start on time and we're learning about the technical difficulties and I hit go live and I missed a go live anyway button because I didn't have a title. So today's title is Podcast and Coffee with Voyager School. We're very excited to have you. Um, and we were just talking about how exciting it is up here because a shared universe has moved into a larger space on the as yes. we call it, the penthouse, the fifth floor of the building <laughs> at One Main. It is. And they've got two big studios and an office space and a reception room. And all their knickknacks have to find new homes now. So it's really exciting. Yes. And <laughs> so. a really cool poster of Christian Slater, my love. Yes, so I was going to say that. I saw this. I like, I'm sorry, I was here five minutes ago, but I've been staring at Christian Slater. <laughs> so Ming promised her a really good spot on the wall. I think maybe yeah. you'll have to put it here so she can stare at it all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'll be like, Kendra. Oh, Kendra, oh okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry. 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 Ming, if you ever haven't been here, you have to call me. I'm coming down. <laughs> yeah, right? Could you arrange that? Psycho last fan. Yeah. <laughs> Ming's being very quiet. I know. It's He's weird. like answering us with, with like looks. He's not like speaking today. <laughs> and I know he doesn't have laryngitis because he was talking a mile a minute before. <laughs> but I think he's turned that over to me because he knows a good job I do talking a mile a minute. Because <laughs> you're so quiet. So, I, right? I know. I know. Um, so anyway, let's do some quick chamber catch up yes. because it's Ooh, been, I don't think I've been here. We missed the last one in February because of weird conflicting scheduling. Our guest was ill, and then we didn't have the right proper time to get another guest in here. So, um, and then the first, I think I missed the first one, or maybe I did the first one in February, but then I rushed right out. So, yes. it's been a while. Mm. Yeah, so, we Schwartz. Oh, that's right. That was yeah. so awesome. That was fun. Um, mm -hmm. So, anyway, uh, we had our Spinnaker yeah. Awards, which yeah. you guys were, you guys were there. No. No, not this time. Not this time. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. That's okay. Ignore my memory. It's, been, right. it's been a rough month. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so we had our Spinnaker Awards, which was phenomenal. 234 yes. people in attendance. Congratulations. The room was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The award winners were so enthusiastic. Yeah. It was awesome. Our sponsors were great. It was just, it was such a high mm -hmm. to be on. It took mm -hmm. me four days to recover. Wow. I mean, wow. I, it was That's actually great. longer than that because the event was Wednesday night. I don't think I felt <laughs> human again until Sunday afternoon. Okay. It was, but, you know, yeah. it was exhausting, yeah. but it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and so it it's been month of February. We had our breakfast, which was really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> it was an awesome Cover breakfast. Why aren't you looking it was it up? an awesome breakfast. It was very well attended. It was very well attended. And that was the first new old location. Right. So we had so, been yeah, at the wait. Mammoth Track you, you in returned. January. Yeah. We're at branch we were at branches in yes. February. We're gonna be at branches on the eleventh mm -hmm. um, of March. Okay. And the eleventh of March were is being sponsored by Friedman LLP. And it's really I so yesterday my assistant's looking at what I posted and she's going, What is this about? <laughs> so I'm trying I'm gonna try to explain it. It's face to face networking. Okay. Um so many people even you all have to do it. Everybody has to talk to people, but it's not easy and even for someone like me who never shuts up walking into a room where I don't know people and knowing I have to do this is not comfortable yeah so we have somebody who's been in business development for a long time from Friedman mm -hmm. which and as his the owner of Friedman said or the the manager of the office says to us he goes I know CPAs are not normally entertaining, but this guy's really good. I'm like, okay. So he's a communications major and he's in business development. So okay. he's not an accountant. Um, so anyway, he's coming and his, I, I used his quote on the advertisement because he says that business development is a conversational sport. That's great. Hmm. And I just thought that was a great, great way. Mm -hmm. Right. Quote, I just forward. think it's so awesome. So he's going to be talking to us about how to get comfortable in conversation, how to make when you meet someone memorable for both of you so that you remember the contacts you mm -hmm. made, mm -hmm. so that you stand out to that person that you met. Um, so it's going to be, we've been doing a lot of working on networking because the chamber is a huge networking opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's our purpose, yeah. to bring businesses together. And um, so I think this just adds more, one more level to the networking that we've been working on. Um, and I'm really excited for it. So yeah. it's going to be awesome. And that's Wednesday. Tuesday night, Tuesday, we have yeah, our ENG event. Yeah. Tuesday the 10th from 4.30 to 6.30. ENG is Emacs Next Generation. Um, they are luckily not age discriminatory. 
So <laughs> even though it's the next generation, so which we'd all be allowed to go. We're, right. Right. If they you, let us in. Yeah, yeah they do because you know what it is. They they've got a really great approach to this mm-hmm. because they're like, yeah, we want to get to know our group that we're going to be moving through our careers with, but doesn't mean that we don't need to meet new people. It doesn't mean that people are into a second career at a different age that need to start over and meet different people. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of like they focus their events toward a younger generation, but they value and what the older generation can offer. Mm -hmm. And what I've been working on with our chamber is valuing what they can offer. They Mm -hmm. have such a different, it's amazing. Like it's just, it's so, you know, it's amazing. Yeah what they yeah. how they view things and how they and sometimes it's so much simpler yeah, than what we've done to ourselves sure. you know yeah. um so they're going to be having that and every event they have is a partial fundraiser for one of the Ch- emacs nonprofits. Mm-hmm. so this one happens to be they're running money they're raising money for um covenant house asbury park mm-hmm. they're they're doing a team sleep out so oh, they're wow. rep- representing emac at the sleep out in asbury park in may and i believe it's may if i got it wrong Come find out Tuesday. <laughs> um, so $10 at the door, five mm-hmm. of which goes to the team mm-hmm. for yes. their fundraiser. Right. And then that money all goes to Covenant House Asbury Park. Nice. I think what's nice about these events is it's it's a blend of the, the younger generation coming out and people more established. And I think they often find it's hard to find places to talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it's a great opportunity for people with solid long time experience and young people right. to come together right. yeah. and it's right. it's great it's it really, really nice is. Yeah. and they you know i love cuz i asked them at first at what point do you what point do you guys want to cut this off what age range and they're like we don't really how do you decide if someone is yeah. which i love yes. which is thank <clears throat> you yes. because in my brain i'm still 18 right. <laughs> i might be 21 <laughs> but too. right in my brain i have not grown up it's like <laughs> anyway so that's on tuesday the 10th and that's at Oh, where I'm is sorry. it, Kendra? Please, it is, uh, <laughs> B2B Stroll B2B and Red, 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 Red Bank. Bank. Oh, nice. That's right. Nice yeah. Location. So they're going to have yeah, snacks out nice for us. Place. Happy yeah. hour prices. I think is what it's how it works. That's how usually most of our stuff works. I think that's what they're doing. But you know, it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have our business after hours, which is at Woody's and Tinton <clears> Falls. <throat> Thank you. It's at B2 Bistro. Um, we have Woody's at Tinton Falls um, yep. for our after hours. This is a really nice place. Yeah. Yes, I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, they they too will be offering um, snacks and happy hour price drinks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we have something new we're first doing. Drink sponsor. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say. Oh. So we have a first drink sponsor. Oh wow! So this is a new sponsorship opportunity. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's $200, and the first drink ticket goes to the first 25 people to register and share on social media that they're attending the event. Nice. So, um, you know, we, we asked everybody, you don't have to share on social media necessarily, send an email out, invite other people, but we really want people to get to know what we're doing. We know social media is super important in marketing your own business, everybody mm-hmm. else's business. Yeah. So. For the last two years, Kendra, I think we've been trying to help our members learn how to share, to Mm -hmm. post, what's the right Mm -hmm. thing to say. So this is just one more way of saying, hey, let's start using those skills on the easy stuff where it's already prepared for you. Hit one simple button and it shares. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, so I think we're doing that. So the first drink is provided this time by Tim Davis of Intercounty Mortgage. Okay. Um, And then... Tim is also co-sponsors with Elaine Chambray and Marie Noglos from Woodward Realty for all of the BAHs the whole year. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really... Wow. It's a lot. It's a lot. On. It's yeah. awesome. But, but yeah. they, they are truly believers in if you... The more you're out there, the more mm-hmm. people know you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, sometimes you spend a little money for that, but sometimes you don't. So they might be at every BAH because they're sponsoring it, but they're also coming to the breakfasts right. because to be seen more and more, you know, yeah. people trust people sure. they see. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. kind of what it is. So well, and we, to build relationships. Yes. yes. Yeah. And I know we always give Jennifer props, and it's true that you have kind of revamped. I think a lot of people who haven't been to EMAC in a long time should come back and give it a shot because – 
under your direction and you've also recruited a lot of people like Tim and like Elaine Chambray and Jane Marie and Marie and, and <clears throat> yeah I'm sorry but um, tons Kevin. of them <laughs> I mean like there, there's a real there's a there's like a new blood in the organization that's all really trying to make mm. these events fun and not just boring like let's just yeah, get around, look at each other there. and there, it, it's really I, everyone I go to is more fun than the last one the one that we just did at Alberino. Yeah, that I missed fun. that one, but That's I heard right, yeah. it was awesome. It was really fun. I mean, they had like a champagne ta- toast out for everybody. Mm. Alberino yeah, did. It's a good great location too. as well. It the is. food is wonderful. Yeah, and it's I always unique. wanted to go there. And yeah. I, I finally got in there. Uh-huh. <laughs> I finally uh-huh. got to go in. So one of the advantages to being on the business after hours committee is we pre-test <laughs> locations. <laughs> so our meetings are at locations. That's we just right. met at Rory's. <laughs> so we're going to be, Rory's is going to be, Rory's and Seabright is going to be hosting one of our events mm-hmm. um so we kind of it's kind of fun we, yeah. we decided we needed to branch out and that's how we had to do it <laughs> so anyway that's kind of what we do so it's a it's a crazy fun bunch i found out something interesting today that i don't know if you're aware of yeah Ooh. march is the second year anniversary of membership with the chamber for oh, voyagers look at that oh look wow. at that yeah. so congratulations yeah. <laughs> so i started in january of 2018 yeah and you guys joined us That's in march right, of right 2018 so you've Two been on this journey already. with me. Nice. It's been nice. really cool. Yes. yes, it has been. And we've met wonderful people through the chamber. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and they all say the same thing about your school. Yeah. So thank you. why don't we talk about your school? Let's talk Tell about us about school. it, Karen. Let's introduce Diana, yes. too, because yes. yes. she's like, the co- she's so quiet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, that's true. She wasn't that's quiet before we went on air, but she knows how to maintain herself. <laughs> Diana Cascone is our director of preschool. Okay, cool. uh, And is also very instrumental in admissions and in a mission that we're la- that we've launched and diving into, which we'll get to talk about. <clears throat> okay, good. A key, a key player in Voyagers Community Schools' everyday life and long-term life. Oh, good! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I'm way beyond preschool age children, so that's why I haven't met you when I was over there. That was that was it. So yeah. tell us about Voyagers, because I've been there. I've been very lucky yeah. to tour it yeah. and learn a lot about what you're doing, and it is fascinating and phenomenal what you're doing with education yeah so voyagers community school is uh just down the road yeah that's about a mile right down the road our kids walk actually through town so they come by here ahead of you know going to lunch some of our high schoolers so we've got the logistics and distance kind of down we bought the old um fred steelman building it was a school building built originally in 1908 with additions put onto it over the years, probably the last edition somewhere in the 40s. Uh, 18,000 square foot, big old brick building. Many people around here know it because it was blighted, boarded up, and just in terrible, terrible shape for at least a decade. A long time. At least a decade, yeah. right? Uh, so I bought it in December of 2014, and in five and a half months, renovated this building from the street all the way in, all the utilities, everything in there is new, uh, with the exception of original wood floors, exposed brick, open rafters. It's this beautiful, it's beautiful so space. Awesome. Beautiful you don't space. feel like you're in a school. No. It's it's no. so creative and, and energizing being and Isn't in that interesting, because it was originally a school. Huh. And yet it doesn't feel like a school. No. I mean, we have um, kept everything open so children can see how everything gets to them. You know, how does electricity get to that outlet? And how do we get the water? And what happens when you flush the toilet? You can hear the water running through the pipes. You know, it's just things that we don't think of in terms of educating children. Uh, so that alone is wonderful. The other thing is there's 123 windows. Of course, I know this because I had to replace every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, gee, I haven't had a window count recently. <laughs> Huge windows letting in natural light and allowing us to feel in many ways like we are outside while we're inside, which is important because our school is greatly invested in taking children outdoors and having those natural experiences. A block away is the the Bliss Arboretum, and our children spend a great deal of time, particular outdoor school, which is our middle school, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, are out there nine hours a week. They roll their classroom with them, take all their supplies, and they're out in the woods three hours, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just doing their work. Everything, reading, writing, science, but also the the work of collaboration, negotiation, uh, investigation, all done together. 
it's absolutely fascinating to watch. Yeah. Um, and now all the children go out, including your, your preschoolers and toddlers. Yeah, they try to get out at least once a week, you know, weather permitting. But even if it's a little rainy out there, out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Our children keep in our school all of the weather gear. So every child in the school has an extra pair of boots, raincoat, if necessary, snow pants, all those sorts of things. They're ready to go at the drop of a hat. This morning, in fact, the teachers looked at each other and said, Sonny, let's go out. <laughs> and so I think everyone K through eight I think so. is outside at the Arboretum this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really great. Yeah, fantastic. It is. Yeah, yeah. So that's part of it. We're, we teach children from three months all the way through 18 years of age. Um, they come from the surrounding community. Lots of people ask me where these children come from. They're coming from distances of you know 10 miles on average probably, mm-hmm. uh, but some quite a bit further. So we have kids from Highland Park. Um, we have kids from Barnegat, uh, but they're all coming together at this school. Uh, our count at this point is about 80 students, um, and they're in mixed age classrooms. That's what I loved. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It's just because you, again, it's like ENG. You can just learn things from all sorts of ages, yeah, people. Exactly. 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 I love that story mm-hmm. because that very much is our story. Mm-hmm. So they're in mixed age classrooms, but also. Uh, we just had a situation where our high schoolers taught our middle schoolers how to do deep annotation and how to analyze literature. We had taught it to the high schoolers. We had tried to teach it to the middle schoolers. They were having nothing to do with it. <laughs> and so we had to come together as a staff and brainstorm and say, this is an important skill. We need to teach it to them. What would be a more effective approach? And that is so indicative of what we do in this school. It's not why are those kids not doing their work? It's how can we do a better job to serve them? And so we thought, let's see if our high schoolers could teach our middle schoolers. The impact over about three lessons delivered by the high schoolers with us in the room was remarkable. And the children in the middle school will now tell you that they're so proud of the, their ability to deeply analyze literature. That's, That's so amazing. awesome. Wow. And it's pro you know, do you, it, I think it would have a lot to do with the high schoolers can break it down to an age group closer to them. Like they could understand what you were speaking because they're older, more mature, have more advanced mm-hmm. knowledge and processing. But then the high schoolers can go down a level to them, not down, but but mm-hmm. down a level they're closer in age they're mm-hmm. closer right. in age they can relate better yeah. they can they get the jokes and the memes and the you know the things the that memes. go on in the conversation <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah right? it's, yeah and it's also about the the younger students looking up, up to, to them. the high schoolers yeah. so they want <clears throat> to to impress them and impress mm-hmm. and, and be alongside them and so that opportunity was also of great value in this and in this, what this school lesson. Com- camaraderie that brings yeah. too it's like there's not a separation because we're in the lower school and the upper school or mm-hmm. whatever it's, yeah. it's like all it's yeah. a, a school it's a group of students all working yeah. to learn together yeah. which is how so many awesome. of these students come down into your rooms right we have um a number of high school and outdoor school students come down and serve as interns preschool interns and spend time with the our youngest learners uh it's beautiful oh. it's a very comfortable place to be it every day when i walk in there it just feels like home it's yeah yeah it's cool yeah Yeah. how do you coordinate the the mixed age classroom is it by learning level like okay this how does that work so we have um delineations uh for the sake of people's understanding so we have a k12 classroom well we have a uh, ages three, we have a toddler room, and we have ages three through five years of age in our preschool room, and then we have uh, our K one two classroom, grades three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and then high school. But within that, there's mobility. So, for instance, I have two um, girls who are technically in second grade, but academically, one is f- far advanced in mathematics and one is far advanced in literature. And so they go to the next classroom for those lessons, uh, for those experiences. Um, I have children who in math may step up or may need um, some time back to, to help them, but we're not holding anyone back. So it's more of we are all fluid in our movement. I think this idea that children learn certain things at certain times, mm-hmm. and if they don't get it then, they're deficient, is just a very small-minded <clears throat> perspective. We don't learn that way. Mm-mm. We know that, mm-hmm. right? So 
We learn when we're ready to learn. We learn when the conditions are right. We learn when uh, there's some inspiration or need. So oftentimes what we're trying to figure out is what does that child want to do and therefore have to learn? And so we can show a child, you need to learn this math because you want to build that RC car and you want to build the plow that goes on that front RC car and you want to engineer this plow so that it can plow your driveway while you sit in your on your couch in your living right. room, right? <laughs> that, and so let's talk about the mathematics of all of that. Uh, therefore, you need to learn, and then the child is invested in learning because there's there's a there's a personal goal. Yeah, there's, there's a, a reason for the math, yeah. not just because I'm in math class, but there's a reason. Like, yeah, I remember my kids going through school and, <clears throat> and saying, when am I ever going to use this again? Right. <laughs> you know, right. well, it's in the curriculum, you have to learn it, but right. why? Right. Mm-hmm. If you tell me why, I'm not going to be so miserable about this or reluctant yeah. or reluctant or or you know sitting in the back of the class or stepping out into the bathroom or all those kinds of things that right. we do as adults but they do as children to cope with the, the situation they find themselves in if it's not meaningful. And what's beautiful about it is that our, our teachers, our teacher researchers as we call them are really listening to our students. Mm-hmm. They listen and they and they understand where each student's passion lies and they can um, you know adapt adapt their their um, curriculum you know to fit the needs of each particular student one of the things I'd like you to tell people because I've asked this question and know this already though is you are so it's a private school yes obviously a very unique learning opportunity Mm -hmm. however it's accredited as far as meeting all the requirements for the New Jersey state like it is going to a regular school just learning differently so there's an entity called Middle States Association and Middle States Association accredits um, elementary schools high schools um, some even independent um, tutoring for lack of a better word tutoring services and they accredit colleges so we went through this accreditation process took about three years from start to finish maybe even a little bit longer uh, and it's very very uh, involved and we have 26 binders with proofs evidence and and uh, research that we had to provide to this to a visiting team so the way it works is you first you send in your application which took I don't know how long it took me about a year actually to complete the initial application <clears throat> then they review the application then they call you they interview you then they decide whether you are even going to be accepted as a candidate once you're accepted as, as a candidate you have to do a deep self-study and it is in every area you can think of I mean not just curriculum areas but community uh, financial um, uh, conditions, um, administrative conditions, just everything that goes into running a school from beginning to end. The things that are behind the scenes, you know, that maybe somebody wouldn't think of if they're not running an entity like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we put together a team. I believe we had about 14 people on the team. So we had to have parents, we had to have community people, we had to have alumni, we had to have board members, we had to have faculty, administrators. We had to have representation from all stakeholders. Uh, and we did this self-study, and as I said, we produced these 26 three-inch binders with all the evidence mm. and all the answers to all the questions. Those are the and big, the fat, by the way, for that's those right. who don't know, that's the three right. inches are yeah. really big yeah. binders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, once we did that, we submitted our self-study, they analyzed the self-study, and then they decide whether they're going to assign a team. In our case, and I think in some part because our school was so unique, we were assigned rather than two or three visitors, we were assigned four visitors, one from the Middle States Association office. I think there was a degree of curiosity about mm-hmm. how this works and if it works, and they spent three days in our school. And through those three days, they go through the entire 26 binders. They also meet with representatives from all the stakeholders, uh, and they spend time in the classrooms, they look at the curriculum, they meet with students, they meet with parents, these are all private meetings, and they come up with a decision. And in in the uh, spring of 2017, we were accredited by Middle States Association. That is it's awesome. Huge, huge accomplishment. Huge. So your students are learning what they're learning the approved curriculum for the state. But what I love, I'll never forget, <laughs> I walked in there, Clayton showed me the wall uh-huh. of where you have, okay, we have to learn about um, 
the way the water cycle works. Yes. But how do we want to do that? And that is what I find so fascinating about your school is you let the children talk to you about, again, going back to the what's the purpose of learning this? Mm -hmm. So they can decide how they want to study it. And it's still everything they're supposed to learn, but the students are guiding and more yeah. invested in their education. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting that year because it doesn't always happen. But in, in that particular year, when the teachers came back and they came back with their ideas about what they were going to do and they had curriculum mapped their, mm -hmm. their, their ideas, we realized that they were all in some way studying the ocean. Whether it was pollution, whether it was marine life, whether it was the chemistry of the waters, they were all studying the ocean. And so when we returned from the summer and we sat together as a staff, we said, let's, let's make this evident and let's become each other's researcher. So we put that up on the wall and we put the web up so and awesome. then the kids added to the web the things that they knew. The wall grew and each classroom had a color code. So if, for instance, in the high school where maybe they were studying the science of water, they realized that, wait a minute, I want to understand something about marine life. Oh, I could go to the third to fifth grade classroom. I see on this web, they're studying marine life. Let me go ask them what they know about marine life. And so there was this intermingling of experts and mentorship among all the students. It's even, fascinating. Even right it's down amazing. to the, our yes. littlest learners, the preschoolers turned uh, the classroom into um, an, an underwater aquarium. And they, oh, cool. they, they became experts in each um, sea creature that they studied. Wow. That's so, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It's a yeah. fascinating school. Yeah. Fascinating. I, think, I think the important thing to realize is what the school is built on, right? So mm -hmm. the school is really purpose-built. Passion moves us, right? Um, but underlying it, we understand children in a, in a way that I think people don't think about children. So if you think about children as competent, resourceful, powerful, with intelligence, curiosity, uh, and a willingness to try and try again, and then you add to that mentorship, learning, listening, uh, anything is possible. Absolutely anything is possible. And this is what we say in the school. You'll hear it all the time. Anything is possible. And we truly believe it and we live it every day. And so no idea gets a no. It's, there's no knee-jerk no, right? Mm -hmm. There's, hmm, that's interesting. Tell me more about that idea. Where are you going with that <clears throat> idea? How could we pursue that idea? Who could help you with that idea? Okay, what time limits? What's the space you need? How much money might you need? Um, how many people would you be willing to bring in to explore that idea? And when you start having those conversations, whether it's with the teachers, or it's with the full staff, or it's with the children, the, the, the outcome is much um, deeper and, uh, and more valuable. I think one thing, <clears throat> if a parent were considering Voyager School, of course, they're going to think it's an investment, it's time. What has been, where have the student historically gone? How have they mm -hmm. progressed after school when yeah. they're let out into the real world? How have they done? Right, right. So over, overall, it's remarkable what our students do. I mean, our students are in the real world while they're with us. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, you are teaching them such real world, yes. real world skills yeah. by just asking them those questions. Yeah. Because yeah. most, even adults who have not been taught, they go out into the work world or they've been there forever and they know how to do it one way. And somebody approaches them with an idea. No, that won't work. You know, right. no, really? Right. And so you're teaching them such valuable skills yeah. as a human. Yeah. So yeah. obviously they're yeah. very well yeah. prepared. I'm sorry, I totally didn't. No, no, that, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's absolutely but that is a good point. point. It's yes. a good point. They're in the real world every day. You know, when you think about the fact that we bring mentors into the, into the building. Mm -hmm. So children do these projects. They have a project of passion they can do twice a year, two weeks of, in length. The, um, everyone from sixth grade to twelfth grade does it solely for two weeks. It's what they do. So I have a student who wants to study architecture. I have a student who wants to innovate an RC car. I have a student who wants to be a chef. I have a student who wants to be an artist. I mean, you you name it. Make movies, animate their drawings and their stories. It's it's fabulous. But not one of them can do it without a mentor. So they have to find a mentor. Now, some of those mentors come into the building. Some of those mentors are digital uh, experiences. But amazing to see them have to speak to. Get on a phone. 
Oh, right? Get kids to get on a phone. They, they, it's they, not easy. No, no, no. It's no. not. I'll just text them. No, call? pick up the phone and call. Exactly. You want takeout exactly. food? You call and order it. No more DoorDash for you. Exactly. Exactly. So we have our children speaking to people all the time. I mean, Ming will, will attest to this because we have a student here doing podcasts and he started it through a, oh, really? through a, uh, oh, cool. through a project, through a project. And so, um, that's, that's part of that real world experience, right? It's also the real world experience of, of communicating with adults all day in the building. Okay. But there's also the other pieces which we're looking for when we're looking to hire somebody, right? Can a person collaborate? Can a person problem solve? Can a person think themselves around a problem? Can they be strategic? Can they be nimble? Can they be flexible? Um, can they be responsive? Can they be collaborative? Can they can they be part of a big, bigger community? Um, these are the things we're teaching these children. So when they leave our school, whether it's for college, and we have 100% acceptance in colleges, four-year colleges, with massive um, um, merit scholarship, where just academic wow, scholarship yeah. is amazing. You know, we're talking about Oberlin, University of Delaware, Rutgers, um, Pratt Institute, um, uh, Embry-Riddle. Uh, this year, we're so proud. Our students have one student applied to eight schools. She's already been accepted at seven of eight schools. Um, and all of our students uh, have, have been accepted to their first choice school. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. and the money is unbelievable. $25,000 a year, $21,000 a year. I mean, they're really getting the assistance that they need to make this a reality. Um, One of the schools that our students have become a little bit more interested in is Full Sail University down in Florida. Why? Because it's real life. Because the moment you enter, you're entering not just as a student, but as an employee. They will connect you oh. with others. You will learn to to work, um, and you'll have the benefit of the school behind you to help you along. You can start whenever you're ready, and generally speaking, in 29 months, you're going to be done. You can have a four-year degree with the experience of working and most likely a job. A job. I mean, that's an incredible design. And our children have been very fascinated by that, particularly our children who are more artistic. So one child is into um, animation and illustration, Mm -hmm. um, and the other is a wonderful musician. And they'll go down there, and they'll they'll hone their skills and it's interesting i watched um i watched the academy awards Mm -hmm. and i think about 18 of the awards that were given there was a full sale student somehow involved in that project that's awesome a current student not a graduate a current Uh, student yeah yeah to get our students involved in a school like that is wonderful but you know we have a student who wants to go to hawaii and okay, we say okay. okay. So how how are you, you going to get there? And so she's she's accepted to Hawaii Pacific University. Very excited about it, uh, and it is her number one choice. I don't know if it's a family's number one choice, but right, it's her number yeah. one choice. So she'll t- take her negotiation skills now to make that happen. Right. right. But we don't worry about where our kids are going. The truth is, we were looking at it the other day, and around eighty-five to ninety percent of our students start their own businesses. That's incredible. It, that is incredible. That's incredible. You've provided them with such a gift, you know, um, and their parents send, choosing your yeah. school versus a different school um, is a gift. Yeah. Because they're given so many opportunities that they would not be given. That's right. Even in the most, I think you, you know, you have parents who are so progressive and who try to give, and by give everything, I mean not give everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like give the <laughs> skills as well. Make them, teach them, but... It's not a to- like if you've got students that go there that the parents are like that anyway. They're a twenty four seven training, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but to get yeah. the eight hours a day at school with you guys, yeah. Um, and I can attest to what your type of education has done because when I met your son, I knew nothing about him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he was your son. <laughs> I didn't know. I knew he, you know, worked at the school, but I didn't know anything about the school. And when he came in and his presentation and his, he was such a go. He is such yes. a go getter. Yes. Um, and just so on top of stuff. And then he told me how old he was. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and then, of course, my fascination with the school has yeah. just grown. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, haven't yeah. been able to do as, as much as I'd like to be able to do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but working on it. Try to introduce yeah. you to the right people. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're doing. Yeah. And you're, yeah. 
you know. Yeah, and this yeah. and this is a wonderful platform. Isn't Thank it? you. I love it's a wonderful platform. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's my Oprah day. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I call it my Oprah day. Um, my good friend Elaine says Tim and I are like um, Kelly and Ryan. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's like you two when you're on there together. It's hysterical. So, um, anyway, so. I know you're getting ready to do a big fundraiser. Yes, we are. So this school is made possible, um, and again, it's another unique approach that we have. First of all, uh, through scholarships, so that's not so unique. But we have um, several scholarships. Uh, one in particular is Innovator Scholars. This is for students entering our high school um, who have proven to be innovative, out-of-the-box thinkers, um, and whose families will struggle to pay tuition. Uh, and so we have funders that have put money into that uh, particular scholarship. Uh, people commit anywhere from 500 to upwards of mm -hmm. uh, that they'll pay each year for four years. And so our donors are committing four years and our students are committing four years. Uh, so that's wonderful. Then we have um, the Nielsen Walzog uh, Outdoor School Scholarship. Nielsen was a student of ours, an amazing young man, who went from really being sad and stressed and troubled with life in general to being an, um, just, just, and he was always an amazing human being, always, uh -huh. right? Um, but he went, he was so inspired by the school. He was able to rise from, from some of the things he had experienced in life to have a more optimistic outlook and was so moved by the outdoor school that he went out west to learn permaculture and outdoor education with the plan to come back and be a teacher in our school. Unfortunately, he had a terrible accident, and he oh, died. Oh, no. Tremendous loss for us. But through that and through Nielsen's generosity um, is a Nielsen Walzog uh, Outdoor School Scholarship. So again, it's for students entering into our outdoor school, which is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, or in our outdoor school, having a struggle to pay the full tuition. Uh, so there's money there, and again, people donate in four-year cycles. So another source and then we have people who just donate in general to say use it for what you need which is right which is also really nice because for a nonprofit, <laughs> yep for a nonprofit, it's exactly what you, yep. what you need right? you need all of it yeah. That's just, we yeah. need everything yeah. Yeah. yeah so we have been um, doing fundraising since our inception but uh, we have now sort of ramped it up so we uh, you know this year is uh, marks 130 years of traditional education having been established and not changing right. 130 <laughs> years not of, changing of yeah. not, uh, not mm. changing and it might be that somebody says oh I have yeah I have a uh, uh, choice seating in my room or oh I have uh, you know this steam program a stem program or oh I have or oh I have but generally speaking it's not changing because it's driven by tan standardized tests and scores mm -hmm. and everything in terms of money let's start with public school is a business it's a business everything to do with the money aspect of that business is in a sense on the shoulders of the children because the children have to provide the proof right mm -hmm. that it works burden of proof right they do right they have the burden of proof and when they don't meet the burden of proof the pressure comes to them Right, I mean, because, because the teachers feel it. And then they add more work, down. they teach harder, yeah. they teach, Yeah, but they, I love teachers. I My daughter yes. is a teacher, yes. we need teachers. Mm -hmm. I think, <laughs> like you said, non-changing education system, not teachers, right. but the system right. itself. Right. Well, if the system changed, these very talented and gifted teachers would have autonomy in their classrooms and be able to use their years and years of education and their years and years of experience in the room to provide the most meaningful education for those children. What we've done to teachers who in what profession do you have a four-year college degree and in many cases master's degrees and you're still being told every day what to say, when to say it, how to say it. Right. I, it, it's so demeaning and demoralizing. So you have teachers leaving the profession within five to seven years, new teachers leaving the profession. They're so frustrated. And that never used to happen. No. You used mm -hmm. to beg teachers. That's to right. Leave That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I sound like I don't love my public schools. I do love my public schools, but can I tell the story about Jessica? Yes, please. Okay, so <laughs> my daughter Jessica graduated with her master's degree from James Madison. And she had heard me talking about the school, and I'm like, Jess, you've got to see this school. It is amazing. 
So here I am thinking she's ready to teach, all this kind of stuff. She could not function for two days because her mind was swirling at how different everything was in teaching at your school versus everything she had just learned for the five years. Mm -hmm. She was fascinated and her brain just went crazy. She now has almost a whole year of teaching under her belt. Um, she has loved it. Mm -hmm. She has dealt with challenges differently than anything she had anticipated. But she, I think, learned so much from just that one afternoon with you guys, speaking to your students, how to react with your students, um, speaking with your teachers, yeah. seeing the yeah. school and everything. I think that she had such an appreciation for that creativity and difference and how to make it work. So she still has to do the same old lesson plans mm -hmm. and make sure everything's mm -hmm. done and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But she she has incorporated whatever freedom she can mm -hmm. yeah. into that. And I think she learned that by the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what was fascinating about that meeting, right, was <laughs> that we thought that she would get to talk to the students and the students oh, that's put right. her was, on uh, the questions. She said that's, that, I think, what blew her mind. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's like, Oh my God, no one I've interviewed with has asked me questions as much as these students. So they really made me think. Yeah. yeah. Like she's like, they, they were tough. Yeah. yeah. And they were high school students and they're, exactly. you know, they asked her so many questions. She's like, oh, I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and moving on. <laughs> Somebody asked me something I can answer. Yeah. No. But, but it also proves my point. Right. The teachers are still being trained the same right. way. They're still being trained for that, for that approach to education. Mm -hmm that's been around for 130 years. So with 130 years in mind, we said we'll do, we'll do this fundraiser, Mission I 130. get it! <laughs> <laughs> I just clicked. <laughs> so Mission 130 is to talk, talk about the need to shift as a, as a national movement, to take what we're doing at Voyagers as a proof of concept, take it out into the world as a national movement, and let's change education once and for all. Let's prepare children to go out into the world as whole beings ready to contribute, right? Let's do that. Let's also raise $130,000 to help us do that. Okay. So sure. that's so, that, so that's that's it. Not that's, an easy task. No, I mean, that's no. a huge undertaking. Mm -hmm. yeah. But such a it takes it takes one idea. How are you going to make this work? What are you who are you going to bring in with exactly. you, Karen? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because that's huge and beneficial yeah. to the entire nation. Right. Exactly. So we'll take we'll we'll fill the room. Two hundred people. We hope we'll be at the Battleground Country Club on March nineteenth. We start the event starts at five o'clock and it goes till about ten thirty or so. Um, we are so excited. It, interesting to tie back to what you're talking about uh, in terms of the people you're bringing in to speak. We're bringing into the room Sean Callagy. So Sean Callagy is um, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist. Um, he's an attorney. He is. Uh, he has won the top two. He's uh, top two among ten cases determined and decided in the courts in the United States. So he's won, I think, two twenty-seven million dollar verdicts. Um, you know, when that man wants something, he goes for it. Um, but over twenty-two years, he has been f been testing and formulating an unblinded approach. The idea that you need um, you need agreement from people, mm -hmm. and how do you get to agreement? How do you get from hello to yes in any situation, not just in a sales situation, right? In right? any situation, but in my situation, raising one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, how do I get from hello to yes? In your situation, trying to get members, how do you get from hello to yes? You know, in Diana's situation, trying to get parents to sign up mm -hmm. and register their children, how does she get from hello to yes? It's a formula, mm -hmm. and it is masterful. It truly is. So Sean uh, is gone all over the country uh, I just saw him at Tony Robbins birthday party oh I how interesting at, yep, I saw him at Chris Crone's event in uh, Salt Lake City um, I was in Secaucus for four days where he as was Diana and Clayton where he took the stage and he taught us this formula um, and I'm now very much involved in continuing my education uh, in that sense. But Sean has offered to come, and he is going to be there from 5 to 6 speaking about this formula and bringing with him uh, his team of attorneys, but also his team behind Unblinded, uh, and to help people to 
create those ecosystem mergers, right? So you call it networking, we call it ecosystem merging. I like it. Right? <laughs> so you have an ecosystem, I have an ecosystem. How do these two merge to help each other? How do these two merge to grow that yes, right? And, I love and that. that's what it's I about. hope all of you members are listening. Yes, <laughs> and, and that all of your members should be there. Yeah. All of your members should be there. This is not something to miss. And to get this for free is highly you know right. unique. now free in the sense that Sean is speaking for, for free, free right <laughs> yes you got this for free baby right. the rest of us are going right. to pay <laughs> into the community the growing right. need to improve education yes. in the country yes. so Help it's not it's, right. it's it's not free right. as far as dollar value but it is way more return on the investment right 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 so $125 a dinner is $125 you come at five o'clock you can hear Sean for an hour he'll be in the room as will his people so you can Ecosystem merge in that room. You can also have merge. I'm gonna have to get used to that one. (laughs) You can have, you know, appetizers, open bar for the first hour, uh, dinner, um, uh, and we will. We have a silent auction. We're gonna have a. We're gonna have a voiced auction, a live auction. We have some amazing things. We have Elton John tickets, and we have signed uh, sports memorabilia. We also have uh, Mike Rosiers in the room with his Heisman Trophy. Uh, We have. Dr. Uh, Irving Fryer. Irving Fryer in the room. So we've got some some celebrities in the room. We have uh, Dan, Dan Geltrude, who is America's accountant and is on um, Fox News Network nearly every day, is going to be in that room. So there's going to be people in that room that you want to be with. But also in that room are going to be our educators, our parents, some of our high school students. Um, they're going to be there. And, and you're going to be able to really ask us the deeper questions about who we are and why we do and what we're about and where we're going next. Now, these celebrities that are in, mm-hmm. the, do you just call a celebrity? <laughs> I mean, like, and I don't mean that, like, obviously you go through the people and stuff like this, right. but why would they come? Because so what because is their think, interest? Because I think what has happened is that people who, entrepreneurs, business leaders, people who are hiring, people who are working with people are realizing this deep deficit in terms of true, the resources they need from people, from the workforce. And so what I'm finding as I you know, spend time with the Tony Robbins circle, as I spend time with the Sean Callagher circle, as I spend time with all of these, these circles, Chris Crone's circle, is there are people who are passionate about shifting education. They're passionate about shifting education because it is a value to all of us. Mm-hmm. It has to happen. Yeah, it has to happen. You know, you think about the advances in agriculture and in industry, in, in industry, in in technology. What what? Why have we left education behind? That is like a fascinating question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why have we left it behind? And and what? And here here's the here's here's the pain of it. Right. Imagine a child who doesn't have it. Doesn't have it. How in the world are they going to, what is their life going to be if they don't have this kind of innovative, I believe in you. Their it, voice matters, their yeah, word matters. matters. Yes. Yes. That we have, we so have angry essential. kids. We have angry kids. We, we have, have kids who are self-harming, are anxious, stressed out. We have out. suicide attempts mm-hmm. at such a younger yes. age than we used to have. Yes. I mean. I can't. It's I mean, not just attempts. We have suicides. suicides yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's 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 uh, alarming. Dr- again, the drug use, the whole mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. is almost backsliding, right. and we are not providing properly for our next generations. Right. right. We are not right. giving them. Right. You are giving them amazing tools. As a nation, they're not getting they're what not they getting need. It. They're not getting it. They're not. And they're telling they us need. so in terms of their behaviors and actions. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. They're telling us so. I mean, they're, they're being failed from beginning to end. They truly are. And we have to shift that. We have to care enough, care enough to learn, you know, educate ourselves and shift this piece. So people say to me, so, well, how do you do that in a school of 900 students, a public school? Because believe me, I don't think we should necessarily have private schools. I think we all deserve <laughs> I a think- free... Mm-hmm. And, That's and what I was just about education. to say to you, because bringing this as a national concept, 
It's not to get more kids to go to your school. Absolutely not. That's, Absolutely it's not, not about that. I am, I am on a much bigger journey mission. now, right? I know. So that's Voyagers so... is a proof of concept, and I am on a big mission. And, and it is to say, hey, in that big school, do me a favor. Break it down into small schools. Break it down into neighborhoods. Create neighborhoods within the school, but not a neighborhood of second and third graders. Create me a neighborhood of K to eight students, mm-hmm. and then educate them. And that neighborhood may have some unique differences because culturally it mm-hmm. happens to be that that neighborhood is different. So speak to the culture, speak to the children in front of you. Don't preconceive what, what they have. What, what they right? have, what they don't have, what their needs are, right. what they want, what, they want. Yes. Yes. what they're capable yes. of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I tell my teacher researchers, if you're if you're speaking 25% of the time and the t- and the children are speaking 75% of the time, you've got the formula right. That's a successful you've got classroom. It right. You've got it right because all and that's why we call our teachers teacher researchers. All that listening garners data. Yeah. Garners information that then drives what happens next, what we're offering to children mm-hmm. next. You know, you might be talking about the ocean and all of a sudden you realize they care only about the plants in the ocean. So you had this whole curriculum map, and all of a sudden they're moving to plants, and then they don't they don't care just about the plants in the ocean. What how's that different than the plants in the lake, <laughs> right? How's it different than the plants I put in my aquarium? And before you know it, you have to curriculum map a whole new thing. And to be a teacher like that, to be nimble and open minded, and be willing to to take that you know and move with it, it's a big responsibility. It but is. the autonomy of that is so satisfying. And you know, anybody I know, obviously I know quite a few young teachers because yeah. Jessica, you know, is a young teacher and many of her friends that she met through school and everything. You don't be, and any age teacher, the teachers I know who have been teaching my kids all along, a teacher doesn't become a teacher without passion and desire to right. educate and benefit and help these children have the best possible yeah. opportunities yeah. in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is why you become a teacher. You want to it's help. It's in your them. core. It it's is. In your it's, core. it's a watching Jessica talk about it is amazing mm-hmm. to me um but it, so you become a teacher because you want to give that and then you're not able to right, right. and and you get increasingly frustrated yes and you either buck the system and you try and work secretively behind closed doors in any, any way that you can to give as much as you can right, right? um or, or you, you or you leave Mm-hmm. Or you leave. leave the profession. If you're lucky, you leave and you find a school like ours to work <laughs> in, but they're few and far between. And you, I'm sure you have staff retention. Yes, absolutely. Because they're valued by yeah. the students, they're yeah. valued by you, yeah. they're valued by the parents. Yeah. So, of course, you're not constantly hiring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we're hiring, it's a long process. It is a very long process because we need to find somebody who has the intellectual capacity and the willingness to say, oh, wait a minute, I didn't see it that way. Let me, let the me, the ability look at this from to a different, accept a yes, different opinion and a different idea. And, opinion, and, mm-hmm. and to constantly be learning mm-hmm. the science of teaching. Because it's Which a science, is a science anyway, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, back to mission. I'm so sorry. I'm so fascinated. You know, I can go hours with you on this because I'm so fascinated. But we are very excited. So we're at Monmouth Battleground, March 19th, five to six. Sean Callagy will be speaking. Six thirty, the doors open to cocktail hours uh, with with uh, our auction items. Uh, We'll go. We'll move into the beautiful. Oh my gosh, Monmouth is beautiful, beautiful. right? Mm -hmm. We'll move into the dining room. And we will have a wonderful dinner, uh, and we will have um, a live auction, and then we're going to have a paddle raise. So we are really invested in trying to raise this hundred and thirty thousand dollars. We're walking into the room now with thirty thousand. We've raised thirty thousand already. That's great! Yes. Congratulations! Yes. 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 Yeah, and we really, really believe that everyone should want to be there. Right, you should want to be there. Why? Okay, because you can ecosystem merge. We've already yes, talked ecosystem about that. Ecosystem merging. Right? Yes, we can do that. <laughs> you can grow your business or your mission. So it isn't just a business. Like, right? what is your mission? What do you want? What do you want to get a yes for? Come into the room and do that. We're, you know, we're all about that, right? But more, more importantly, come into the room and support the effort that we're making. So it's an effort to, to, to support scholarship. It's also an effort to support our indexed tuition approach. We don't have fixed tuitions at our school. 
So our tuitions range from about $8,000 to $27,000. And about 30% of our parents pay the full tuition, maybe 35. But the rest of them apply for index tuition and with an outside company that tells us this family can afford this much. And so we try and meet all of those numbers to make the school accessible to as many children as possible and to truly reflect the surrounding community. So that means that we have to raise the difference. Right. right? We have mm -hmm. to raise the difference. And so we need immediate funding. We need long-term funding. You know, we need those people that will commit to the four years of funding, so on and so forth. As far as the celebrities go, it's easy to get celebrities in the room when you've got a cause. Well, that, that was, I guess, my question. Passion. Like, they mm -hmm. are, so they are there, beca not because you called them, they're there because they want to be there to share their passion for, for a joint mission yeah. of improving education. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would be remiss not to shout out um, Rob Gill from Epic Wealth in um, Red Bank. He's been a wonderful and amazing uh, supporter of the school and uh, has helped us to, to make some of these connections. Um, and he will be in the room that night as well. He's cool. a nice local guy. A nice local guy. <laughs> go local too. Always yeah. go local. Yeah. Go local. Yeah. Yeah. Made in the USA. Go local. There you go. Um, yeah, so Diane didn't get a chance. Diana did not get a chance to speak very much I because know. you and Sorry. I. Bleh. Yeah, that's okay. So tell us, baby, real quick. <laughs> Sorry, my unprofessionalism, but my really comfort with these awesome people. Tell us about yourself and what you're doing there, or whatever you'd like to speak about, real quickly. Sure, and sure, sure. Um, I came to Voyagers um, after working in public ed, um, and uh, uh, I, you know, was a public education teacher, and then I stayed home to raise my babies and when I went back into the public school system I just it did not feel comfortable to me anymore um, something just felt off and you know I wasn't sure what it was until I kind of worked my way into a more in more into more progressive type schools and realized this is where it's meant to be and where the magic is really happening so I am thrilled to be part of Voyager's team um, I, you know, I wear many hats there. Yes, I am the preschool director, but I also teach music and I teach performing arts and um, oh, we work. We have more to talk about off screen <laughs> yeah. then because that's my passion. <laughs> well, yes. So, um, and um, I also, as Karen said, work in admissions with Clayton, alongside Clayton. And this Mission 130, I, I, there's... It's very exciting to us. We're very, we're, it's, it's, it's a big mission, but we are, you know, we're jumping into it head, head on. We, at that event in Secaucus that Karen was mentioning, we um, did merge some ecosystems. And as a result, um, we had some wonderful, we had a wonderful guest speaker come, Dimple Thakrar, um, who's a celebrity love and relationship coach. And she came and spoke to our upper school students um, about purpose, about what their life's purpose, or just about purpose, really. Um, and she asked them to identify their five characteristics that make them unique. Um, you know, and they had to, they did a lot of thinking and searching and they talked about her visit, you know, days after her visit. Um, it was really inspiring to a number of them. Next Tuesday, we actually have um, Dr. Chuck Berg coming to our school. He's a chiropractor out of Bergen County, New Jersey. He's also the author of the book, Is Your Lifestyle Killing You? Um, and he mm. kind of has, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely makes you think. Um, his vision is to support people with their spinal health, obviously, as a chiropractor, but also help with making lifestyle choices that empower their health, their energy, and their spirit. He begs the question, what would a world look like with with consciously aware parents making daily decisions that enhance their physical, biochemical, and spiritual well-being. And he says, you know, it certainly increases the bandwidth of possibilities for our children in their future. So he's looking to speak to some of our younger parents um, with younger children and, and to kind of, um, you know, make themselves aware, you know, just open that, that awareness, you know, to how, how they can better serve their children. I think it's important to say that what we're starting to do, and you've heard me say this before, that building was purchased with the thought that that lights would be on all day, every day, and that it would really truly be a community space beyond mm -hmm. the school's mm -hmm. uh, programming, right? Uh, so Dr. Berg, uh, although during school hours, is coming at 8.30 in the morning on March 10th. 10th next Tuesday. Uh, it is open up to the broader community. So if anybody wants to come and join us, he'll be there from 8.30 to 10. And uh, we hear the topic. Um, we would love to have 
people come. And we are going to be doing these kinds of speaking engagements uh, going forward. Where we're how are you open going to, I mean, how can people find that? If they are now, they've they've heard about you already had one. You're getting ready to have another one. Short notice, they may not be able to make that. Right. But they're they're fascinated by what you're bringing into the students and to the public. Yes. So where are they going to be? So able we're to find starting that to add these to our calendars. So if you go on our website, you can look at our calendar. Of course, you can call us. Mm-hmm. So seven three two for people who will use a phone. Yeah. Seven three two eight four two one six six zero. Our website is voyagerscommunityschool.org. So remember the S voyagerscommunityschool.org. Do you have to know where the where the apostrophe goes? No apostrophe. Okay. Good. <laughs> no apostrophe in the in the. Uh, I have to look it up every time address. I'm going. Is it voy? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's it's if you think plural and possessive, it's after the mm-hmm. S, right? Okay, mm-hmm. plural possessive is what I needed to so know. That's what it, it means. Yeah, okay, you go. you'll never school. have to look it up I again. Now. There you go. Okay. I remember that rule. That yeah. is one of the good education yeah, yeah, rules. Yeah. I remember. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you'll find so you'll find us there. Um, and as for our mission one thirty, it is v y g r s dot org backslash Mission 130. The only secret is you have to spell mission in all caps. I don't know why, but you but will you not do. get to it if you do lowercase. <laughs> so V-Y-G-R-S dot org backslash mission 130. And you'll learn all about the event on March 19th. Okay. And we just yesterday sent out a huge e-blast to yes, all of our contacts so for that, Great. announcing yeah. that yeah. event. So yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, I wish you the best of luck. Thank I just... Okay, anyway, enough of the love affair here. <laughs> so we will be back in two weeks with um, Lauren Konkar-Shihi to talk about the Garden State Film Festival. Oh, which So we'll great. be with Lauren on the 20th, and the film festival, I believe, starts on the 24th or 25th of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, I think the 25th. Um, it's all weekend in Asbury Park. It's an awesome yeah. Awesome. Again, another awesome nonprofit where exposure to young filmmakers. Um, We've had a new student with film in it. It's yeah. It's just fascinating, and the yeah. whole event in Asbury. I mean, they take the entire town of Asbury. There's venues all over the place That's to awesome. screen movies and uh, film, and meet with filmmakers and directors and That's casting great. directors and actors, and it's just it's. It, I think it's, unfortunately, I hate hidden gems. It's right, a, right, you know, right, like, right. come on, people, let's yeah. stop hiding. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, we'll be talking to Lauren. If I can give a shout out to uh-huh. a film. So yeah. Steve yeah. Rogers is a, is a local filmmaker. He works uh, for PBS. Um, he does um, that. Here's the story. Here's the story. That's, that's his series. But he did a film on talking to strangers. And it made it into the film festival. Oh, and great. the opening of it has many of our students in it because he came and interviewed our students Mm -hmm. about talking to strangers. Awesome. All right, well, shout out to that. Steve's a great filmmaker. So you can actually also find out when Steve's film is going to be viewing because you can go to gsff.org and look at the schedule and find out when that's going to be too. So thank you guys so much. Thanks for Um, having us. Thanks for being here, Ming. Thank you again for your (laughs) studio, and we will be back on the 20th. Awesome. Nice.